Chargers head coach Brandon Staley talked with the media for the first time in a long time, and today we're going to be talking about his thoughts on Justin Herbert, Derwin James, and the holes on the Chargers roster. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, but we're heading into our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. We very much appreciate you guys making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, we finally got to hear from Brandon Staley this week for the first time in a long time. And his press conferences are always nice because he seems very transparent compared to a lot of coaches in the NFL. And it's always nice when you get to hear him talk about the best players on the team, like Justin Herbert and Derwin James. So we're going to talk about his thoughts on Justin Herbert and not always relying on him to go win the game for the Chargers, and why, just like with Justin Herbert, he needs to arm Derwin James with weapons, like a lot of people want to get Justin Herbert that fast new receiver, right? We're also going to be talking about his thoughts on Gerald Everett, a new addition there, and how he feels about the tight end room and the running back room at this point in the offseason. Before wrapping up the show with his thoughts on Kazir White, and maybe, you know, some pressure there from the front office to let him go, probably not. And also his thoughts on the offensive line and saying they're in a good situation there but David it was nice to hear from Brandon Staley as always and it is nice when he was saying such complimentary things as he always does about Justin Herbert one of the things that stood out to me the most in watching the video of the press conference or at least the little bit of it we got because it's like seeing the screening of a new Marvel movie trying to get a press conference up on social media or out somewhere into the world but we did get to see a little bit of it and when he was talking about how a quarterback helps you when you have a guy like Justin Herbert he said when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert it's not just about surrounding him with offensive weapons it's surrounding him with a complete team where the pressure is on him every single game to score 35 throw for 350 to bring you back and I think that's what we were trying to do build a complete team and he also said it's not just enough to outscore people because there will be games where you don't shoot it well and that's always been one of his things he loves basketball too a lot of basketball references but I love that point David because that's one of the things that we harped on so much last season is just like it seems like Justin Herbert has to have a perfect game for the Chargers to win week in and week out and if he didn't it was going to be close if not they were going to be you know losing the game but it is nice to hear the head coach talking about that hey it's not just about getting that fast wide receiver or something like that. It is also just about having a good defense, having a good team. Absolutely. And I mean, that was something that was very apparent last year. I mean, at least for us, but it's so rare that you hear a head coach say those type of things that we've been saying and people in the media have been saying, and the fans have been saying, he's just confirming that. It's like, he's like saying, Hey guys, I see it too. I saw it. I understand And we don't want that either. We want Justin Herbert to be able to go out there, do his thing, and not have to worry about being Superman and not having to wear that cape every single time and having to try to rescue the Chargers out of every bad situation that they were in. It's nice to have a defense that can be able to go out there and get the ball and take the ball away and stop the run and be able to, you know, to be in those you know, low scoring games that you're going to be in from time to time. It's the NFL. You're playing against the top teams in the league and you don't want to have to make Justin Herbert do it all. 
Yeah, and I think it's just kind of satisfying to hear him say the things that we were all screaming from the mountaintop, yes. right? I mean, it was just that one, like, with Justin Herbert, and the, this is the way he said it, too. He like, said, yes, every that. single game to yeah. score 35. Like, he emphasized every point of that yes. when he was talking about it. And I thought that was interesting, too, because it did feel like he had to go put up 35, right, just to have the chance in some of these games. And, hey, when your defense is giving up more than 27 points a game, yeah. it's not too far away from reality. So I did like him saying that because – there were so many games, like even the games he played well, they couldn't bring in, they couldn't win. And he's getting judged on QB wins, right? Like that's yeah. the other thing. It's like with the conversation with him is like, it's always about, well, has he made the playoffs? Has he done this? Has he done that? It's like, well, obviously if you look at the team around him, there's a good reason that he didn't make the playoffs. And David, I think it, he's closer now to the roster surrounding him where it feels like it would be such a letdown if they didn't make the playoffs as opposed to last year. Well, yeah. I mean, the, one of the things that Brandon Staley said is, hey, we had a plan about what we were trying to do in free agency and how we were going to execute that and how we were going to fix those issues that were clearly prevalent all of last season and it seems like you know they were able to get those things done they were able to bring in a pass rusher they were to bring in a, a top lockdown corner they were able to strategically and specifically address the run defense and bringing in guys that have a pedigree of success stopping the run which we all know was the biggest problem for the chargers last season so they had a very specific plan they executed that plan now we have to see if that plan is going to go and work yeah of course i mean we have to see and it is a more complete team even with the holes that they have right no but doubt. it was just i mean he knows where they were last year and i think you know maybe we didn't realize how much the defense really was missing you know and how much they really were missing going into the season at certain areas yeah. and now he is getting justin her players on both sides right to help take the load off of him which i think is going to be such a big deal for him going into year three where he doesn't feel like he has to do it himself and he doesn't have to turn into a hero ball type of player right like we saw with phil especially towards the end that was always a little bit in phil but it yeah. seems like, especially at the end, it's like if he felt like he had to do it or else it wasn't going to get done. And it felt like that a lot last season. But the other guy, the quarterback of the defense is important as well. And this was one of my favorite quotes from Brandon Staley. He said, one of the main goals this offseason was to fill Derwin James up. A lot of people are talking about, hey, let's arm Justin Herbert with weapons to talk about quarterbacks that way. Well, I feel about Derwin that way. He's the quarterback of our defense. We really wanted to arm him with some play style guys, with some playmakers that were going to fill him up. And that is from an interview with Chris Hayre of CBS LA and also the Chargers team reporter. But David, I love that. Like, hey, it's not just about Justin Herbert. We're building around Derwin James, too. Man, when you hear stuff like that, it's like, man, I want to run through a brick wall, dude. Like that just fires you up because you don't really think about it that way. I mean, no one ever really talks about it that way. I mean, Never. You talk yeah, about yeah. it. Hey, I got to, you know, I have a defense. I have an elite pass rusher here. I have a great corner. I have a great safety. I have great individual players. They don't really highlight and talk about one player and say, hey, this is my commander on the defense. And I yeah. need to go out there and get players that are going to make him better and not just going to be him breaking off pieces of himself and giving it to everyone else on the defense because he says, hey, Derwin, Derwin James does so much. He gives all of his energy. He's the leader of our defense. Now let's go out there and get guys that are going to take something off of his shoulders too so where he doesn't have to do everything on the defensive side because, hey, imagine being able to say, hey, Derwin, I just need you to do this. Don't worry about doing this because we have guys that we brought in that are going to help you now on defense man that's just so exciting to hear that 
It is like, and I mean, even just getting the defensive line in front of him now that he has right to clear things up, to clear the picture up for him, yeah. right in the back to have a guy, Cleo Mack, who's going to rush the passer and potentially get him more interception opportunities that he better bring in this year, right? <laughs> and I'm sure he's telling himself the same thing. Maybe J.C. Jackson helps him out with that, but getting him a J.C. Jackson to have on that defense to help you use Derwin James better. And as he said it, right, J.C. and Khalil are now going to get you more out of Derwin James, even though he was a guy that was doing everything. So I just think that when you have other pieces like that around a guy like Derwin James and when you treat your defense as him as the foundational building block to fill in around, I think that's a, a you know key for success. And like it's nice to see them going after those kind of guys. We talk about elite players making the players around them better, but we don't talk about how other elite players are right. going to make those other elite players that much better. And I think the thing is, too, is like how frustrating it must have been for Derwin James to be yeah. surrounded by some of the players that he was last year, not being able to get it done and him having to pick up so much of the extra slack. And I think now you're going to see the, you know, prime version of Derwin James, the scariest oh, version of Derwin James wait, that we've ever seen because it is more complete on the defense. But we know there it's not really a complete roster yet with some of the question marks that are still out there. So we will talk about new addition, Gerald Everett, and maybe continuing to add to the tight end room and why the Chargers are targeting a rookie to look for as a backup to Austin Eckler. It's not the complete team we wanted, but it's a more complete team now than we've seen in a while and if you're looking for a complete protein bar the only place to go is built.com to get a built bar because built bar are the best protein bars that i've ever had because of the flavors mainly i love flavors i'm a big guy and especially as i'm cutting out a lot of the junk food trying to get ready for the wedding i've needed that guilty tree and i get that with built bar with flavors like cookies and cream flavors like peanut butter brownie and you can go so many more mint brownie you can go built puffs which have ridiculous flavors i mean lemon dipped cheesecake cinnamon churro puff the first ever protein infused marshmallow in a protein bar and it's also good for you as well they're loaded with protein most bars have 17 grams of protein while also having less than four grams of sugar and four grams of carb which are great for a lot of those diets especially keto and stuff like that as well but i love built bar because of the variety i never get old never get tired of the flavors because i can get a mixed box with built bar where they're going to send me all of the different flavors flavors so i can continue to mix things up, especially when you have diets that look like the one that I'm on right now currently, which is very boring. I get that cheat meal every day with a Built Bar. And right now you can save some money because if you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, David. Well, we do have some more things from Brandon Staley to get into, and I have to thank Daniel Popper from The Athletic for getting some of these quotes because we didn't have access to the entire video. So a lot of these are from Daniel Popper, and we appreciate him. He's one of the best in the business. An easy subscription there. But if you guys aren't subscribing or following to the Lockdown NFL shows, you're missing out because right now you can get the best experts across the Lockdown Network and keep up with everything going around the NFL and that's how I try to keep up because it's hard enough just to cover one team like the Chargers. Imagine keeping up with everything. Lockdown NFL definitely helps me with that. So make sure you guys find that for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, when you're looking at this Chargers team, we know that there's still some issues with it, but they did make some big additions like Gerald Everett. And we loved that move for so many reasons. So it was nice to finally get head coach Brandon Staley's thoughts on Gerald Everett because it was kind of exactly what we were you know, thinking when they made this move. And he said, the fit within the offense was what we were looking for. He gives us a lot of run-after-catch possibilities. He's really good with the ball in his hands, and I think that he can really get vertical in the seam. And that is something they talk about a lot, is attacking that middle of the field, having guys that can get vertical at tight ends and the matchups that that brings. You know, when Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach, he knows all those things. 
But yeah, that's what the upside is with Gerald Everett. That's why he should be an improvement on Jared Cook. Better hands too, maybe a little less good in the red zone. But you're getting that athletic guy who loves to run with the ball in his hands. Well, it's just another weapon in, in a way that you didn't really expect that to matriculate. So it's really nice to see, you know, Brandon Staley saying, hey, you know, we're going to bring in another guy that can really stress out the defense that when the ball is in his hands and, you know, and, and that can happen in many different ways. You can you can do the swing passes. You can do the, the tight end screens. You can do handoffs with him. He's able to to really create with the ball in his hands in any of those situations. So it's going to be very fun to find out how Joe Lombardi is going to deploy his newest weapon in Gerald Everett. Yeah, and you're getting a younger, more athletic tight end. You're getting yes. younger at that position. You're getting dependability for a guy who seems to put up, you know, at least 40 catches every single year with ease. And that seems like he's underutilized. And now he's playing with Justin Herbert, which is an important part of the, you know, conversation there, coming with a lot of targets that went to Jared Cook last year. Going now to Gerald Everett, who had three drops, but it wasn't as close, you know, to the seven or eight that you had from Jared Cook. So I really love that move, and I really love what it brings to the offense because that's one of the things when you're talking about getting a speed receiver. Obviously, it's beating teams deep, but the Chargers were desperate in need of guys who could run with the ball after the catch. And he just brings that nasty attitude as well because even yeah, though, is. you know, he's not an adept blocker, he's not known for being a run blocker, there's times where he's just shaking dudes in front of him at long after the whistle and trying to put him in the dirt. So you I love, love that mentality, and it's love the same it. thing when he has the ball in his hands, you know, shucking off defenders, trying to tackle him. He's violent. He's not a dude you want to, you know, tackle. Because there's some dudes you don't want to tackle him because they're so big, like a Gronk, I think, would kind of yeah. fit into that category. This dude just seems a little crazy when he has the ball in his hands, and you kind of want to stay away because he might take an elbow. Ruthless you get, intentions. Yeah, you might get memed, right? You might get yeah. posterized with a stiff arm or him just lowering the shoulder on you. But Brand Steele also said that he feels like the Chargers need to add to that position and it seems like maybe it's going to come in the draft, David. You know, there is still a chance out there that Steven Anderson, who did a lot of good things for them last year, has a reunion with the Chargers. But at this point, you have Trey McKitty and Donald Parham less experience. But with the experience of Gerald Everett, I guess you'd probably be a little bit more comfortable if they do want to take a, you know, developmental guy in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the underlying themes here of this tight end room is a lot of youth. I mean, there's a lot of youth in that room, and I think they want to get a group of guys they can really build a nucleus with and really kind of progress their careers together and have that room that they can kind of keep together. Like the offensive line, you know, you want that continuity and, you know, you want that chemistry built. You also want that chemistry built in, in your tight end room and your wide receiver room as well. So you get a bunch of young guys in there, you, you grow them together and you really bring them together through their NFL careers. And I just think that as a team, we've seen a youth movement with the Chargers. And I mean, even in free agency, less of, hey, let's go get the proven veteran who's 30 plus. And hey, right. maybe let's go spend a little bit more, get this younger dude who still has some upside and has a chance to grow with this team and outlive that contract. Because a lot of times when you're signing those later in their career veterans, you're paying them off past production, not necessarily knowing what the future production is going to be. And I mean, even with Steven Anderson, it's like that. Yeah, he could have a bigger role, but I think we kind of know what that role is. Maybe yeah. bring someone who is a little younger, has a little bit more upside, maybe brings in a little bit more as far as special teams goes. Maybe there's other factors they're kind of trying to check that box with and bring, you know, a different element into that room. But speaking of which, there is an element to the running back room that is needed, which is a reliable backup to Austin Eckler. And I mean, seems like Brandon Steele gets that, right? And he said yeah. that they looked in free agency. It wasn't that deep of a group. 
just really assessing value just felt like working through the draft would be a better option for us. And we're still going to explore post draft because I think you're a lot of what you're seeing right now is you can onboard these guys in a lot of different stages, which means they could wait and see if another guy gets cut later on that they can bring in on the cheap, cheap. But what he did say is, David, that it is a young man's position and you're better off looking at it in the draft because it is. When he said when you have a running back on a second contract, besides Austin Eckler, I'm saying that he didn't say that. You're not going to get as much on that second contract as you potentially did on that first contract. And I think just generally speaking, it is a better idea to not spend money into trying to address it through the draft. Well, I mean, you, you, the, you only need to look at one very, very bright star example. And of course, I'm talking about Ezekiel Elliott. That guy yeah. got paid major big money and he has not done anything to justify the size of that contract. Yeah. So it just it's a lot harder to find one that has worked than one that hasn't. Or I mean, that hasn't worked. It's easier to find one right that hasn't worked than it is to find one that has worked. I mean, most of the big, I, I can't, I even think of one. Like, I, yeah. it's hard for me to think of you know somebody getting paid at the top of that position where it's worked out for them. Right. It's just you know that there's always going to. I mean, and also just historically, they've been able to find running backs throughout the draft from the beginning, the first couple rounds. All the way to the end. To the Chargers? Yeah, you know, the Chargers and other play, other sure. teams around yeah, the league. Like when you look at the best the running NFL. backs, it's not always just first-round picks. I yeah. get exactly what you're saying. Because, I mean, whether the Chargers can draft them, that's something different. And that's what we and you were talking about before the show, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, general philosophy-wise, I'd love for them to hit on a running back late in the draft that's going to be dependable, bring some more juice to that room because you don't yeah. really have it with Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree, even though he's saying right. he still believes in those guys. Whatever, they're on rookie contracts. But you obviously know there's still a need there, even with two years of Josh Kelly and one year of Larry Rantry. And I couldn't agree more. But do you trust the team who in the last fourth and sixth rounds of the previous two drafts drafted Josh Kelly and Larry Rantry? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could have a whole lot of confidence in that. But, I mean, hey, at least you know that Brandon Staley has a little bit of control over some of those situations. So hopefully he's going to be able to find a guy that's going to be able to compliment Austin Eckler. And that's not necessarily a big bruising back. I know I've been a proponent of that in the past. But we really just need a guy that when Austin Eckler is not on the field and he needs to be spelled or he needs to blow, a guy that can come in and be productive and that can be available, a guy that can get a couple of yards, get 10 to 15 carries a game and really be able to spell Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is a smaller guy, and he even said, he's like, hey, guys, I need someone to compliment me to be able to keep me fresh. I mean, hey, he had 20 touchdowns last year, but that's because he had to be on the field all the time. I mean, that's not necessarily a great thing for him. It was a very physically demanding year for Austin Eckler. We want to keep that weapon healthy. We want to keep him available for Justin Herbert. So let's hopefully the Chargers are able to go into the draft and find a guy that can really be that Robin to the Batman. Yeah, and I mean, he doesn't have to have quads that look like the size of A.J. Dillon or say quad Barkley, right? Like, <laughs> right. it doesn't have to necessarily be that guy. It's just you need to upgrade the talent at that room because it, Austin Eckler can't do it by himself. And right now, those other two dudes, I don't know how you put them on the field. I mean, with how they performed last year, they can get better. I'm not sure. trying to shoot it down, not trying to be a wet blanket. But I will say that, like, at least from what we've seen from these dudes, I'm not just going to sit here and expect I'm going to see a total 180 a total turnaround, even knowing, you know, they were later draft picks. You still need to add to that position. I think that's, you know, really something that's undeniable at this point. But it kind of feels like you still need to add to the linebacker position, even though there's four dudes in it right now. And a lot of that's because the Chargers let go because you're white. And Brandon Staley did talk about that. And we're going to get into that um, coming up after this as well as talking about the offensive line and him kind of talking about the roster holes there. But 
I really liked Kazir White. That one hurt me. But I also really like saving money, which is why I always go to rockauto.com to find any kind of car part that I need. Because with rockauto.com, you're going to not only be able to find all the parts that you need, but you're going to get to skip going to the chain auto parts store, talking with the guy behind the counter, have him ask him some questions that, frankly, you probably don't know the answer to, at least if you're like me, because I've done it. I've been there. I didn't know the answers to it. I went to rockauto.com. I typed in the type of car I had in a few easy clicks. I found the parts that I needed. And with me, my stepdad's a mechanic. I always have to call him to make sure I'm getting a good price on things. And that's one of the best parts of rockauto.com. They're cutting out the middleman. They're not a warehouse selling to a chain auto parts store, then selling it to you. You're cutting it out because you're getting it directly from the source at rockauto.com. So you can save 30, 50, even 100% more than you would get on some other brands. Why spend 100% more on something when you could get it with rockauto.com, a family-owned business where you can find brake parts, tail lamps, anything that you need. So make sure you guys go to rockauto.com right now to check out all the parts, parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, David, well, we do have a few more Brandon Staley quotes to get into here regarding some hot button issues, I think, of this Chargers offseason, namely letting Kazir White go because that was a really tough one, especially with the price. And I don't know if we've really gotten to talk enough about Kazir White leaving. And I think it, it, a lot of times it ends up being like, yeah, you know, Brandon Staley doesn't value linebackers and things like that. And I get it. But for the price he signed for, I mean, a $3 million cap hit up to $5 million for that contract and incentives to go to the Eagles. It's like the dude was clearly, clearly your number one linebacker last year. I mean, oh, and yeah. you don't really know what you have in the other guys like a Kenneth Murray or a Drew Tranquil or our boy Bong, even a Nick Neiman, right? You just don't know what those guys, those are all uncertainties. You knew Kazir White was good, and you knew he was an ascending player. But Brian Staley was asked about it, and he said, so much respect for Kazir. He had this outstanding season for us, and I think it's probably my first time where the challenging side of the NFL comes in when you're building a team. There's decisions you have to make sometimes don't line up with the people you really value joining up with. I think that's just one of those decisions. Moving forward, we feel re- really good about the guys that we have, and we have a draft in front of us and a full training camp He also said that he thinks that the linebackers are going to improve in a big way next season. He's expecting a big step from those guys. But, David, I mean, it's just it all feels a little bit hollow, especially with the price tag on Kazir White, just because it's like, yes, you had a lot of other needs that you had to address. But if you could have had him for that, whether or not Brandon Staley loves having good linebackers or not, which I'm sure like to some extent he just wants good defensive players. It just that for that reason, it was a little confusing. Yeah, that that whole kind of. Did not make anything. Did not make any sense to me. That whole conversation about Kaiser White and why you know they didn't want to bring him back because you take Kaiser White out of that linebacking group and it's an awful one. I mean, they didn't get any kind of production really from anyone else other than Drew Tranquil. Drew Tranquil, when he was out there, was solid. But other than that, you have a lot of inexperience at that position, and it seems like that's not a problem for Brandon Staley. I mean, he doesn't really need someone who's going to be that that veteran a grizzled you know 10-year veteran in the nfl it's not what he's looking for he's not looking for that at that position so maybe another position where they're going to have to address in the draft because it seems kind of light um but uh, yeah that linebacking group is definitely scary to me and not in a good way i mean it scares me the guys that they have out there yeah i mean for sure he was an above average linebacker and the chargers went a long time without having a good linebacker so you know it kind of when you see it and maybe it looked a lot better because there was atrocious play around him because i mean he did have some tough moments especially in run fits especially with tackling at certain times where you know 
tackles near the goal line with Teddy Bridgewater, you know, a couple of different instances that you can bring up. But overall, I mean, the nice thing for Chargers fans was you got to finally see this dude actually become what you hoped he would be when you picked him up in the fourth round, right? Yeah. A fourth round pick that actually was working out. I mean, one of the the best maybe fourth round pick from, you know, Tom Telesco in his career. I mean, I'm saying that off the top of my head. I mean, but it has to be up there, especially, you know, when it's compared to like a Josh Kelly. I mean, Drew Tranquil obviously is a nice one. Uh, that one I definitely think could turn out, but like, you're happy if Drew Tranquil maybe turns into what Kazir White was, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the ceiling there potentially. So I, I just I didn't like the move of them not bringing him back. I understand that there's only so much cap and things like that, but like it just seemed like if you could bring that dude back, kind of like they did with Denzel Perryman, right, where they weren't sure if they wanted to bring him back. It seemed like then he just kind of got a little deal later on in free agency on a very short term contract. The other guys have health and you know issues. Both Kenneth Murray and Drew Tranquil missed games last year. Drew Tranquil missed the entire season before that. I don't know. I just don't see it right now how it's not going to work. But maybe Brandon Steele just loading up on those other positions and saying, hey, we're just going to focus all of our efforts on getting good corners, getting good you know, defensive linemen and good edge rushers is going to take away some of the importance. Because, yeah, yes, he did have the number one Rams defense with poor linebackers on that team. But let's get to another position he addressed, David, which was the offensive line. And. This is where the Matt Filer thing came from, right? Because he said, talked about Matt Filer's flexibility, according to Daniel Popper on here, about playing right tackle. And then he also said, we're in a good position and definitely looking to strengthen that because we want to be a line of scrimmage team. So it's a little bit hypocritical right there. Like, we were good with it, but we also want to strengthen it, right? And I think that's kind of the thing that just threw me off is like, how can you look at this and feel really confident, you know, in it being you being good at that position? without maybe, I guess, knowing what the kind of plans they have laid out for it. Well, yeah, I mean, who, who's going to play guard? Who's going to play tackle? We just don't know. I mean, how can you really feel good about it? I mean, obviously, they must know something that we don't. I mean, they have plans in place that, you know, they're going to institute. But, you know, from us, from our perspective here, it's kind of hard to look at this group just as a whole, not even just the starters, but who's going who's gonna to be backing up? Who's right. who's a backup center? Who's your backup guards? Who's your swing tackles? I mean, yeah, I guess you might have swing tackles, but uh, I mean, other than that, you know, you really yeah. have a lot of question marks and a lot of uncertainty in a very, very important position group on your football team. Yeah, well, and I think when you look at it, like, yeah, I mean, I guess there's an argument to be made that you can find a backup center in the draft, right? Maybe you can find somebody, you take a guy a little bit higher who has some guard center flexibility, and you love that because that helps you with a backup center and a starting slash potentially a backup guard, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is like you just have to, I think, hope that feeling good about it right now isn't like, hey, we feel like Brendan Hymas is a starting right guard. Which, obviously, I'd feel great if they felt like he could do that, right? And he just needed that one year to transition from tackle to guard, you know, and learn the speed of the NFL and things like that. And they feel good about Filer at left guard, right? And we all know that, you know, all pros and Corey Lindsley and Rashawn Slater, it's good to feel good about. But then the right tackle position is the kind of the albatross, right? The elephant in the room. So it's like, yeah. You're just, I guess, hoping that he doesn't feel good about right tackle as in like, hey, we feel really good that Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins are just going to do fine without being tested by something else. Yeah, the, those 60 pressures that he gave up and the nine sacks that he gave up last year, how could you be comfortable with that? How could you be okay with putting <laughs> putting Storm Norton back out there and just throwing Justin Herbert's right side to the wolves? I just, I don't like that idea at all. I don't think anyone should feel comfortable with that combination again. 
like we've said before, Trey Pipkins had a couple of good showings, but I don't have like a hundred percent confidence that he's going to be able to replicate that over a 17 game season. You're going to have to show it to me. You're going to have to show it to me. So, I mean, Hey, that, that group is very much unfinished. And to me, probably the biggest question mark on the football team. Well, and the thing is, David, is like that's the whole thing, right? Because it's like Trey Pipkins can't show you he can start at you know right tackle for 17 games unless he goes out there and is the option to start at right tackle for 17 games, right? Yeah. So like you want to know he can do it, but you're not going to know if he can do it until he's out there. And the little bit we saw last year was really good, but now you're losing Frank Smith, your offensive line coach, right? You're bringing yeah. in a new guy that obviously worked in the same system as he did when he was in New Orleans with Joe Lombardi. So I really liked that move, and I think that's somewhere where you can at least soften the blow of losing, I think, a really, really good coach in Frank Smith. And I think that just with this position, yes, the Matt Filer part of it makes you feel better about it, but even with the Matt Filer moving to right tackle part of the equation, I feel much better about right tackle. But then you have the guard situation where it's like, okay, well, is it Brandon Hymas and somebody else? Because, like, th- I'm still – I mean, there's a lot of finality, right? In, in yeah. Daniel Popper's article he wrote for The Athletic, he said they opted not to invest in free agency, which is true to this point. They haven't invested in the offensive line in free agency. And then when Brandon Staley was talking in his press con- – or not press conference, but in the video he did with Chris Hayre, you know, there was a lot of, you know, we did this, we did that, like almost saying, like, hey, these are the things that we did and we're kind of done now, or at least some people are taking it that way. I'm still not convinced, you know, that they're not going to swing a move. But I'm also kind of feeling like I felt this way last year when they were going into the draft, knowing that, you know, potentially Trey Pipkins was going to be the left tackle for them going into the season and saying that Trey yeah. Pipkins had good left tackle feet. Like, if I, you know, I hear something like that. And then they drafted Rashawn Slater. But it's just one of those things, again, where it's like, are you going to just put all your eggs in that basket that you're going to get a right tackle in the draft, whether it's Trevor Penning or, you know, somebody else? that falls to you. But I think in this draft class, even maybe more like as much as we thought that Rashawn Slater wasn't going to be there last year, there was still like a Christian Darisaw, right? Where you're like, okay, I could still get behind it as a pick. Like you, you still feel like if you get him there, you're getting a quality offensive lineman here. I think the drop off is a lot different. So that that's the part that scares me is pigeonholing yourself into that position. And maybe, you know, it's one of those things that, Hey, they strike out there, have to settle for somebody later in the draft. Maybe then they, readdress it after the draft because that's the thing we don't know about last year david is we don't know if they hadn't have gotten Rashawn slater if they would have went out and tried to bring in a veteran to play left tackle or brought in somebody who was still kind of on the fringes of free agency so that's the interesting part about it but it is always just nice to hear from him and he is more transparent because the other thing is too is like he doesn't really have any good reason right now to make it seem like they are not done in free agency if they are trying to get one of these dudes on the low for cheap david doesn't really help them out if he's out here saying, you know what, we still really need somebody here. Yeah, no, you're not going to give any of your leverage away. You're not going to tell anybody <laughs> what your plans are or how you're feeling. And the yeah. Chargers organization has always been very tight-lipped and keep kept their cards close to the vest because that's who they are. And, of course, yeah. like I said, that's just bad business. <laughs> so hopefully sure. the Chargers are still working. I just hope they bring in some competition, Daniel. Just bring in some more bodies. I mean, what's that going to hurt? They have some spending cap. They have some spending money to do it. So I just feel like that would be my my plan. You know, just of make course. me feel better about the position. You can't just pray and hope that you're going to be able to get that addressed in the draft because the draft is the ultimate crapshoot. You never know yeah. how it's going to end up. And, yeah, the one thing to remember is we're here in March. 
there is still five and a half months until the season starts. So a lot that's still to be determined, but we are definitely going to be here to find out what that ha- what that is. Yeah, it doesn't mean their alarm bells aren't ringing right now, though, about what they're doing at that position. It's easy to say. It's another thing to feel good about it, you know, until we see what they end up doing there. But I think in general, you know, I, I've come to want to say, hey, I'm going to trust Brian Saley and trust that he sees a problem, you know, like we've seen so many times before that he has seen it. But there's also seen to, you know, seem to be some blind spots in there as well. And that's what you're hoping is you're hoping that isn't one of those blind spots for Brandon Staley or something that him in the front office can't get on the same page about there because it is such an important position protecting literally your most important player. So I have to think that he values that on the list of things that he knows he has to do as the Chargers head coach for them to be successful. But it was a great hearing from him. Hopefully we get to hear more about him soon because it also seems like even when he's supposed to say certain things, he's saying the opposite. So you always think something might slip out when Brandon Staley steps up to the microphone. But to make sure you guys never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel right now so you never miss it. And follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get it from. And make sure to rate and review if you like the show as well. We will be back with you guys tomorrow, so make sure you guys are back for it then. But until then, make sure to go also follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Trotalk SD. We'll always be back here with the latest news and everything going on, even in the offseason, every day of the week. And we appreciate you guys for making us your first listen today. If you guys need a draft show to check out, make sure to check out the Lockdown NFL Draft Show as well with former NFL player Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy there, bringing you up to date with everything going on in the draft. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.